This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're gonna go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. <laughs> what? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Hey, yo. We're back. On the Block with Stricken Bob. I'm E. Strick. That is Jake Bachelman. We are here on 93.7 The Ticket. Join us at 93.7 The Ticket FM. Dot com sign up on the app also go to youtube subscribe smash that like button join us right here every every night from four to six central time we thank you for uh joining us tonight bach we're going to talk a little bit about uh nebraska football coaching hires and kind of grade them a little bit but before we get to that let's talk about the newest ones just kind of what it is that we expect from him how we feel about him what do we think he can bring to the table? I know we did just have that discussion, but we want to continue on because we didn't really get to dig into him a little bit before we do grading. So that way the listeners can have an opportunity to hear a little bit more about him and who he is and who he, uh, what, he what we expect him to potentially bring to the uh, running back core in the, in the running back room. Yeah, Brian Applewhite. Are you with that? Are you with that? <laughs> I'm with it. I'm ready to roll. Brian Applewhite, the new hire for Nebraska at the running back position. He comes over from TCU, uh, where he spent two years there, uh, has uh, has basically been coaching Division One football at, at the running back position since 2003. So he brings a lot of experience in that category. Um, uh, a lot of people will point to the Zach Evans recruitment that he did at, tech, at TCU. That's a five-star. That was a big get for them. Um, so obviously at Nebraska, yeah, we'd love to see five-star running backs get on campus. So maybe Part of it's recruiting. A lot of it has to be the experience that he has. And, and it's just kind of an, an exciting um, exciting breakdown, I think, in, in, in the final edition for Nebraska's uh, coaching staff. Um, you know, it's kind of weird when you, when you hire – uh, assistant coaches rarely are they household names, right? So a lot of us had to go in and do kind of our research as Brian Applewhite's name uh, started to float about over the last several weeks, and, and of course they did land on him. Um, as with every one of their their hires, I think that they've done a good job of not just uh, targeting one guy. It was more of an approach to to go out, um, make some, get some interviews, get some different ideas, different uh, different um, probably you know history, different you know levels of experience, all that stuff. Um, but Brian Applewhite. White does round out the group pretty well, I think. Um, something to be a little bit concerned about for him is not exactly an illustrious list of a 1,000-yard running backs throughout his career. Um, maybe it's better that way. Maybe he does. He's more of a, of, a, of a running back by committee type of approach, which Nebraska might have uh, coming up in the room once again this year. You don't necessarily have a bell cow to lean on. But uh, just going back over the numbers that, that I looked on today, uh, he's had 18 years of, like I said, uh, D1 coaching experience um, or F. FBS level and only 2,000 yard back. So that might be something a little bit concerning, I suppose, moving forward. But uh, if you can get the five stars on campus, I, and, and obviously he can coach the position because you don't just have a job uh, at this level for 18 years in a row without getting it, uh, is, is, you know, if he can get those studs on campus, that'll help. And that's kind of uh, a theme that we've seen. Obviously, Mickey Joseph has already been able to do. So all these guys kind of bring their different strengths, still have a little bit of weaknesses, but I think he rounds out the staff well. 
Yeah, I mean, some of the things that, you know, we, we, we like about him is that um, since we've left the Big 12 for the Big, the Big 10, uh, we haven't had really a pipeline out of Texas as much uh, as we had in the past. So uh, hopefully with his, his closeness to the Dallas area and through TCU that he would be able to also bring a, another touch to pull some of those, those Texas recruits up north a little bit, a little bit further north than they usually go to Oklahoma. So we would hope that that would be able to happen with him. Um, some other things is that, um, you know, we, we really have to look at because the position in itself has fallen uh, on tough times over the years, right? Since Dope Walker Award finalist Amir Abdullah was here, uh, where uh, he posted a third straight 1,000 season uh, in 2014. And then the only other person to do so was Divine uh, Ozigbo in 2018. So we're hoping to renew that fervor of having thousand yard rushers and hopefully he can find something or something in his eye can pique his attention based on what he saw out of Zach Evans would be able to uh, bring that to the table as well. So we're, we're, we're hoping that his, you know, his recruiting, because some of the things that they say about him, they say that he's a very good living room guy. They say he's good. He's good in the high schools. Um, he meets and greets very well. Uh, so some of the people really have some high regards for him and high respect for him. So we're hoping that some of that can can turn over uh, with us at Husker Red. Yeah, so. and, and I think I think some of those guys in the room, obviously, you, you start to break it down. They obviously added a guy uh, from Texas A&M the other day. So it does look like they're still searching. And, and I know they're after some, some high school kids as well still. So uh, it's going to be kind of fun to see where that running back room lands. And while I don't, I don't necessarily see a – a stud, like a thousand yard running back out of that group yet. I think there's potential there for some of those guys to do it. Obviously, Ramir Johnson um, kind of took hold of that job. And I think that his injury, you know, you remember, especially in the, in the, and I think it was the Minnesota game um, where they ended up fumbling the ball at the one yard line because he wasn't in the game, or not fumbling the ball, stumbling at the one yard thing, going for it on fourth and one. Jacques Ziant didn't quite get there. Um, but uh, you know, I think Ramir Johnson maybe even could be the difference in, in those games. But of course, that that it's hard to say because that that team was just so uh, hamstrung and and just had the worst luck at the worst time. So you never know. Uh, but in any case, I think Ramir Johnson did kind of it, it has earned the right to be the leader of that group at this point. Um, Jacquez Yant, I think, still looks like he has the most potential if they can kind of uh, get him into it. I mean, the way that he's out there rumbling and tumbling uh, and and kind of has the speed to do it as well. Um, um, it is is kind of is is a good look. Obviously, Marquis Step still in fold. He had a hundred yard game early in the season and really was kind of um, frozen out of the rotation for quite a bit there. So you kind of want to see maybe he another year in this offense or maybe in this new offense will will suit him pretty well. Uh, and then of course there's always a, you know a, a guy coming back in injury as well there um, and gave Urban that that they gave the job to, to start the year. So uh, I think there's plenty of potential there. And, and then, like I said, you, you had the Texas A&M transfer um, and maybe, you know, an, another running back that, that's in uh, as a freshman that's going to be coming in. Maybe they'll try to grab another one. Uh, I think there's enough potential there to work with. And again, um, sometimes we get too set out on maybe one number. And, and when I, when I was doing my research, it was, it was kind of looking for the thousand yard backs and it, it's a bit um, troublesome for me to see that he doesn't often have thousand yard backs, even though he's been a running back coach for all that time. Um, but sometimes you get too stuck on that because last year they had two guys that, uh, that ran for over seven and a half yards per carry and would have equated to about almost 1300 yards combined in 12 touchdowns. Like I said earlier in the show, I don't care if that comes from one guy 15 guys, 30 guys, if you're averaging seven yards to carry, 
I don't care who's doing it. So uh, he has had some success, and, and maybe the running back by committee approach, um, maybe it might have even been something that they, they kept in mind when they were hiring a coach is, is look for a guy that can get it done with multiple guys if you don't have the, the bell cow there. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to find. And, and you know, as we get into this grading segment, uh, let's, let's, we're going to talk about the, the coaches that are now have been hired on the staff there for Scott Frost. Um, as we grade and we go through this process, call us on the Sutter Heyman text line at 402 or text us on the text line at 402-464-5685 and just give us, you know, your thoughts on what you think possible grade could be for some of these guys as we go through this process now. So starting out, you know, let, you know let's talk about Mark Whipple. I'll allow you to give your grade first. I'll follow up thereafter. And then, uh, and then uh, we'll see if somebody texts us and, and thinks we're crazy or we're out of our mind. But, um, let's start with Mark Whipple. What's your thoughts on him for grade? Mark Whipple is 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 to me the the best uh, hire among the group, at least as far as I see. No, I want a grade. I'm oh, grade. Okay, a, a B C D E or an F <laughs> hire. All right. Grade. Well, I'll give it. I'll give it an. A, I suppose an A plus. Um, because I like the Mark Whipple hire. I, I, I think that there's certainly um, some some concerns there as far as maybe first year in the system because we didn't see Kenny Pickett blossom until his final year there. Um, but to me, Mark Whipple kind of represents um, somewhat what Joe Brady did a few years ago with LSU is uh, that, you know, the first year uh, there for, for Joe Burrow wasn't great, but by the, by the end there, it was. I mean, it was fantastic. One of the best seasons we've ever seen. Kenny Pickett, maybe a little bit shorter of that, might not be as good as Joe Burrow, um, but it was that similar uh, type of progression rate. And so I think that, that that Pittsburgh was one of the stories in college football this year, and, and Kenny Pickett's rise was one of the stories. And Jordan Addison winning the Bulletnikoff Award is, is a big deal. They don't just hand those out. One guy gets those per year. And for Mark Whipple to be kind of coming off maybe his best year as an offensive coordinator, uh, I think you've got him at the right time. Now, some of it is how does it blend with Scott Frost's offense? You know, how are they going to make it work? I can't predict the future on that or, or tell you that it's going to be and, perfect or anything like that. And how is Mickey but. Joseph going to work with that too? Because they've, yeah, yeah. they've got to work together in that room, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, the offensive line is still concerned. There's still a lot to, to go through there. But I still just think overall um, if they they needed to hit a home run with the offensive coordinator hired, and I think they did it. For me, that's good. For me, Mark Whipple, I give also an A+. Plus, uh, being that Mark has spent, you know – you know, time as a head coach, both at UMass from 88, uh, 98 to 03. And then uh, again, a, a, to a return in 14 to 18, uh, having a stint with the Miami uh, Dolphins, as well as the Steelers, Eagles, Browns. So I think he's got a lot of tenure in different types of systems and, and with different organizations and different styles that he brings a unique perspective, right? With that experience, along with his background in developing, as you said, coach uh, quarterbacks. Uh, it should be a huge asset for us at Nebraska. Um, I think with also Casey Thompson being very young, you got a, a Logan Smothers who has been very adept and more running type of a, a quarterback. Hopefully the development of his style will be able to bring uh, a more, more um, competition within that room in the development of Logan Smothers as well as a good backup. Cause you just never know if anything's going to happen. Um so those are the things I give him an A plus as well. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, another another thing to think about, right? Is Pitt was very pass oriented, right? They were definitely more pass first than run first, whereas Nebraska was more run first and pass first. So when you look at those as well, 
how is that going to mesh and what type of changes? Is it going to be more balanced? Is it going to be a little bit one way or the other? Or they're going to look to, to uh, focus on the run game to, to be able to do that. So uh, with all that in mind, I would give him an A+. Plus. Yeah, Let's talk it's, about Mickey Joseph. Oh, you're going right. to go? You're going to elaborate? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just going to say real quick, too. It, it's just, it, it is fascinating to see how that Frost offense is going to blend with Whipples. If you remember watching the Iowa game, uh, the final play for Frost on offense after it, he tore up his playbook. And I think that kind of significant, or, or signified um, the end of an era there for his play calling. But at the same time, I, I always go back to the fact that that offense, despite one of the worst offensive lines in the country, was actually rather effective. It had problems in the red zone. They didn't have a field goal kicker. You know, that kind of held them back there. But overall, still a top 35 type of offense. Uh, and and it's interesting because Mark Whipple um, bringing him over. I mean, I think if you brought somebody else over um, that wasn't coming off their career best year, right, wasn't kind of at the height of their career um, as far as the coordinator position goes, um, you might be able to blend that offense a little bit more. But I think with what Whipple's done, I mean, it's it's probably going to be tell hard to tell him he's wrong um, and, and what he wants to do. And, and the fact they probably had to lay that down in the in the in the meetings while they were going for the hire. So I think that's going to be fascinating just to see how they do blend those offenses. Yeah. And all, uh, so so next, I mean, I think uh, when we look at the Mickey Joseph hire, I think that is one that it's going to going to be able to look deeply into a little bit. We'll dig into that. We won't be able to get much. Uh, I think we'll be able to to dig into this segment. We're, this might be a little long segment. It might go too over uh, after the break as well. But let's talk about Mickey, Mickey Joseph right now. What, what do you grade him at? Well, it's hard to, to be too down on Mickey Joseph, right? I think you, I think you wonder, um, as within with any of these sort of things, is if you know the kind of connection to Nebraska helped bring him back, and I think it was. I think it was a big part of bringing him back home, as he as he calls it. Um, but uh, and by the way, he was uh, Vershawn Jackson got him on for an interview earlier today. So go to the Ticket FM to TicketFM dot com to to look that that up. It's it was a great interview. Um, I th- I think you have to you'd be crazy so far to say anything less than than an A um, because he's he's been able to do it. I mean, he's not just, you know, as you know, as far as settling in and getting your feet wet, it, it's a hard for a lot of these guys for us to to really grade them until they kind of get on the field and get it done. He's been able to, to jump right in, uh, bring a player with him, get the coldest Crawford from recruiting, obviously. Um, and, and so it, it's, he's just already adding to that room. And then you look back, obviously, what he did. I don't think you have Justin Jefferson necessarily in the room, but with, at LSU when he had talent with those wide receivers, again, similar to what we're talking about with Joe Brady and Joe Burrow earlier on, that's one of the best offenses of all time. And, and it was heavily uh, reliant on those wide receivers who right now at the next level are just doing incredible things. So uh, I, I love the hire. I think it's great. And, I, and like – like I've said with a lot of these guys, the no-nonsense approach certainly helps, I, I think, as well. Um, whereas the previous staff, I don't, I don't want to say that they didn't have that as either, but it, it's very important for this team to get detail-oriented um, and, to, and to really focus on that stuff. And Mickey Joseph said today that the, the wide receiver room, um, there's, the depth chart is written in sand, I think is how he put it, is that you know, nobody's got a spot. You've got to go out there and earn it right now. The new wide receiver coach is in the room, and he's going to hold them to a certain uh, level uh, – uh, and, you know, but I think he's got a lot to work with. I, th- I think that's also the best room on the offense. So uh, definitely an A. And, and don't get don't worry if you think I'm being a homer. Eventually, I'll, I'll come down for my A's on these grades. But I think Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph were um, the highlights of this rec- this uh, coaching uh, turnover. Uh, very good. I, I think right now I give Mickey Joseph to start bef- bef- pre um, season get grade as an A minus. 
I think he's one of the things that he is, and and you can see that for what he's done and in in uh in the tenures that he's been in the different places that he's been he's very one of the things that i like about him he's very persistent um he will not allow them and i don't think he'll allow them in that wide receiver room to settle or to be very complacent i think that um he's also relentless uh some of the things that i've i've uh, researched about him is that uh with these young men especially with that uh acquiring and the recruiting of jamar chase that um um he's he recruited them from a standpoint of he, he wasn't overbearing, but yet he was very uh, a subtle persistence about him where he, he stayed on him. He stayed with him, but yet he was still kept it really cool and cordial in a, in a manner where it didn't seem like, you know, like get off my phone, dude, I'm tired of talking to you where he still, then all of a sudden you look up and you're on the phone with him for four hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, like those types of things. I think that's, that's something that's remarkable about him. And when you look at it, one of the things that I really like about that part of it too, that we just discussed is that Jamar Chase was a four-star recruit. And then he turned that into a number five overall pick in the, in the 2021 NFL draft, having him to also have over 2000 yards receiving in two years at LSU. Uh, and, and, and he didn't have Joe Burrow as, as that, you know, that type of quarterback for him. Right. So Joe, Joe, I don't think what, no. Yeah. So he wasn't a part of that, that, that receiving core. Am I, or am I wrong? Am I, am I, I think he was, but yeah. Okay. So he was, so So he had Joe Burrow throwing to him. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I, I, some reason I just, I just drew a blank. I was like, Ooh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, but turn, but nonetheless, and it doesn't matter whether it was Joe Burrow or not. The fact remains is he turned a four-star recruit who came in, who everybody wanted. Auburn basically got the the rug pulled out from under him. So he goes there as the five, um, fifth overall pick in, in, the, in the draft. And so then we're hoping that he can duplicate that magic. If he can duplicate that magic, you know, at the end of the grade, he becomes A++ for me. And, and one of the other things that's good about him is that he's a former player that understands what it is and what it means to be and play for the university of Nebraska. So when he sits down and talks to you and he has that conversation with you in, in, in your living room or on the phone, it's, it's authentic, right? It's not, it's not coming across like he's trying to sell you, you know, trying to sell uh, um, a star fruit to you. And, and he's giving you some freaking regular melons. Right. So I, I love that part about it that he brings to the table. And I think that he's good at establishing those relationships and, and, and he'll bring that to the table. And for what it's worth, too, I mean, and maybe I do get too too stuck on the awards, but I mean, like I said, the Blitnikoff only goes out to one guy a year. Two out of the last three years, when you include Jamar Chase into that, um, it has been Jamar Chase and Tyler Addison over there at Pittsburgh. So within your staff that you just added, those are true trophies to, trophies to the room that Nebraska obviously didn't have. And Nebraska doesn't have a great history of of success at the wide receiver position, um, you know, unless you kind of go back to the Irving Fryer days or Johnny Rogers before that, um, you know, since then, you know, we know the struggles about getting to a thousand yard a catcher or, or a receiver and all that. Um, this this immediately gives th- that coaching staff 
uh, can now just walk into rooms as far as recruiting wide receivers and say, we've had so much success, and not just with Belitnikoff award winners. I mean, that's the top of the top, right? Only one guy gets that a year, but, um, you know, guys even from, you know, Mark, Mark Whipple's past and Andy Isabella, um, you know, just getting a guy from, you know, from the lower levels of college football up into the NFL. I mean, so they've done a great job over the years with their wide receivers, and I'm excited to see. I, You know, I never really thought that a wide receiver-based offense would be great here, and I don't, I'm not sure if that's what it will be, um, but it, it, it is – it's intriguing, and it's fun to see because these guys have been turning out some, some great ones over the last couple of years, and, and somehow you end up getting those guys on your staff just a few years later. A three, again, and, I, and I've said it all along, um, a 3-9 and nine team that has uh, the writing on the wall for, for kind of one year left on this whole experiment. I thought that was a tough sell to begin with, and to, to be able to get Whipple and Joseph in my mind is just a huge haul for Nebraska. There's no question about it. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think it's awesome. Let's move on to uh, Donovan Riola. Uh, what's your thoughts on him? Is it great? Uh, I love the Riolas. No, no, no bigger fan of the Riolas than myself. Um, obviously, more thinking of, of Dominic Riola, the, the center from Nebraska back in the day. Uh, just a mean streak with him, especially when he played in the, with the Lions for years. And I think that's what kind of they're hoping for. You know, they they interviewed some veterans. I think some people will will, will dock the Donovan Riola hire a bit because he doesn't have too much experience uh, as far as a, a full time assistant coaching job at at the college level. He, has, he hasn't had any experience. This is his first big get. Um, but uh, it, it, I, I think that what they were looking for, and then they interviewed some guys that did have that experience, and the ultimate went with Donovan. So I think that they think that they that that he's the best man for the job. Um, obviously, there is the also the idea that uh, his nephew is a five-star quarterback coming up uh, in a few years. So maybe that was part of the reason the hire was made. But I'm not sure about that. That's always interesting as as you look at behind the scenes at the hires. But to me, that I hope that didn't factor in too much because they, that's the biggest priority is to get that offensive line right. And, uh, and 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 to be quite honest, I love, like I said, I love Dominic Raiola, um, but I, I don't know about, I, I think there's, there's getting the mean streak back, uh, and then there, there's also kind of, uh, you know, doing it about the right way, because Nebraska's had some great ones over the years, um, but I don't know if Dominic uh, it was always the, the, the most, uh, especially in the NFL, uh, politically correct guy, I suppose I'll say, uh, kind of rifled in with the fans there, even in Detroit. But um, it, you know, this isn't so much about him; it's about his brother uh, and Donovan. And I, I, I hope that he kind of has that right mix of of knowing kind of when to stop where Dominic did uh, kind of blended that at, at times. But I love the mean streak. That's ultimately what I think they're they're asking to bring back. Trev Alberts kind of talked about becoming one of the most physical teams in college football or in the Midwest moving forward. And I think that's the hope. All all that being said, like I said, I like the Royal name. Um, there's just not a whole lot of experience with this hire, and that's the one thing that I, I'm still going to hold back. I've been getting excited about offensive line coaching hires for a long time, and it just hasn't translated from the pipeline days. So um, I'm at a point to now where I, I would probably uh, w- uh, wait and see an approach. So, um, you know, that one does kind of stand out to me as, as one that, that's kind of a prove it to me before I'm going to give you a great grade. So I'll kind of throw like a C out there um, with, right. uh, with some hope for some potential upside there. Good, good. That sounds good to me. But what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish up on the grade out of the Nebraska Husker hires at this particular time. We'll come back and we'll do that. I'll give my take on Donovan Riola and then we'll go with the rest of the coaching staff and we'll be done with that segment thereafter, right after this on On the Block with Stricken Block. 